Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. We did it just before Christmas, and I think we did three and got two instructions from a £1.5 million house to a £2 million house. So I've sent that 30 to get three. That's a pretty good hit rate, isn't it? That morning, he had three valuations booked in. We've created a super special free Firewave gift full of marketing goodies just for our podcast listeners. You can get yours by going to www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. Five steps to sell your first five high value homes. That's a bit of a mouthful. I'm actually going to be interviewing Phil on this podcast episode. And we've got five steps or tactics or things you can go away and do straight away to get your first five high value homes listed and sold. Because if you haven't had any experience of the high value homes market, you might be feeling a little bit intimidated right now. So we're going to try and give you five easy wins. Yeah, this isn't a full structure to how we'd suggest you build a high value brand or how you'd consistently get high value homes. This is purely to get your five first high value homes. And then if you do want, you get the bug, from there on, we can uh, we can show Which you we how think to. You will. Yeah, we can show you. How, well, once you get the fees in, I think that'll certainly give you the bug. Then we'll show you exactly how to expand on that. And if you don't listen to this whole episode, just go to the selectiveestateagent.co.uk. That's not even a listing. It's not even a, a URL. I should have bought it. Go to amazon.co.uk <laughs> forward slash the selective estate agent and buy my book, and then you'll get the full picture. But in the meantime. Let's go through these five tactics. We're going to do them super quick because we know you're busy. We're busy. Have a pen and paper at the ready. Let's just go through them quick. So number one is direct mail. It is direct mail. That is our number one. That is our go-to. The key thing with direct mail with this is you can target exactly who you want to target. So we're talking about high value homes, just first five. You know that, let's say, council tax bans of... H, so if it's an H council expand, it's going to be, generally speaking, in the top 10% of your market. Or it certainly should be, otherwise the council tax office needs to be told. Therefore, you can you can target them with any message you like. So a few things we've done recently is, but well, one thing we've done, you've probably heard, is they're not on the market letter. That is something that we send quarterly. We give to all our five members and they send it out to FG and H council tax bands. Or they certainly should. But what you can do is write a not the market letter, and the you idea make it sounds so simple. I do. I'm good. Quickly say how to do that. So what you're doing is you're updating your market on exactly what the opportunity is right now to sell, and it's content based. It's giving some data and past data and, and some predictions for the future, and it's telling your audience what opportunity there is now and why they should sell right now. So what's the difference between a not on the market letter in the way that you write them? and a market report. And not on the market letter uses persuasive language mixed in with the facts and figures. It's more talking about the opportunity and then we use stats to back that up, whereas a report is probably more stats and data focused and then you might back that up by trying to get them to a valve. So it's different angle. Because a market report is, if you opened it up, you'd probably see one, two, three pages full of tables in this sense, you probably see, you know, not on the market letter we write, you maybe see four, five, six different figures and that's all. And how long should this letter slash market update be? Ours tend to be between four and six A4 pages. 
That's a lot, isn't it? It is a lot. It takes a long time to write. Reason being is it feels more substantial. It feels like you spent more time doing it. You spend more time speaking to them. The more time they spend reading your language, your words, the better the rapport, the higher the response rate. If it's just one pager, the level of detail you can get on there isn't very high. It's probably quite low quality. You do not get a lot of time to persuade them to do what you want to do next. And what's the difference between, say, a not on the market letter, which is going to every home that you've targeted, so not every home, but every home that you've decided to send it to, and an on-the-market letter, as we would call it. One's not on the market, one's on the market. So you're sending it to a house that's already on the market with another estate agent? Yes. Poaching letter? Yes. Touting? An aggressive touting letter, yeah. Does it start off by saying, I see your house on the market with XYZ estate agents and we can do better? No, it, it definitely doesn't. The on-the-market letter, we send them out monthly and the angle changes depending on what instinctively we feel is the right thing to say at that time. So at the moment, it would be that if you're not selling right now and if your home's sticking on the market right now, you stand out like a sore thumb and your value is only going one way and not the way the market's going. Before pre-pandemic, it could have been more tips on how to show your home at Christmas or show your home in the winter. Just what we think would really strike a chord with the reader at that moment in time and that month, that depending on what's going on, that's kind of what the topic would go with. So at the end of this podcast episode, we're actually going to invite you to a workshop. And the reason I'm going to tell you now is because we're going to cover some of these tactics that we're talking to you about now in this episode on the workshop in more detail, because actually, as soon as we start talking about direct mail, it brings up more questions than it answers. It does. And we can actually show you yeah. in person. And, you know, we have things with the secret ingredients to a letter that are very difficult to explain on a podcast episode. So we'd really like to show you in person. So if you're free on the 7th of March and the 8th of March, we're going to London and Birmingham in that order. So London on the 7th of March, Birmingham on the 8th of March, probably 10 till 4, Get Through More Doors workshop. I'm going to talk to you about that again at the end and how to book on it. But in the meantime, just go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash events and all the details are there. As I say, I'm going to cover it again at the end. So let's go into tactic number two. So tactic number one was direct mail. Tactic number two, to sell your first five high value homes. And that is a to convert video. What's that? Yeah, I think the title of the podcast or the webinar that we're doing alongside this is five quick and easy steps. So this is quick and easy once you know how. So it's a two minute video. We're always big on getting you to speak to camera. We know you don't like it, but we know you need to do it. So what I want you to do is sit in front of camera and for two minutes, introduce yourself, give a quick description about what you do and how you can possibly help that person that you're talking to. Be direct in terms of the property. So it's not, this isn't something, a video you send to a hundred people, it's a video you send to one particular property. So you can talk exactly about what you think of their marketing, what you think of their price, et cetera. And then you are sending that video on via a link on a postcard directly to the property. You've done this recently, haven't you? We did it just before Christmas. We're recording this in February 2022. Yes. And I think we did three and got two instructions. Which is a pretty good hit rate. It is. To be clear, this isn't a cold message. They've already had five, six minimum letters from us and therefore I usually get the feeling that they're close either they've contacted us in some way or I just get a feeling that they're close to contacting us and they just need to push over the line and, and that's what what gets them to do it. So it doesn't matter if they're on the market or not on market you can still have the same tactic because they've contacted us. 
Yes, obviously the message changes, but the medium doesn't. Number three, Phil's magic response email. Now, this is super powerful because in January, which is only about four weeks ago now, we had an annual planning event that we ran for our Firewave members, which is complimentary to the people who are our members. And we had at the beautiful Coniston Hotel near Skipton, where we're opening a second branch. Go back and listen to our previous podcast episode to listen to uh, learn more about that. And on the second day, Phil put in the group that he had just sent out an email. He put the actual wording of the email that he'd sent out and suggested that our Firewave members did it too. Then Ian's story from Story Estates in Cheshire, he sent it out, didn't he? And what happened? Yeah, I can't remember how he did. He sent it about 30, I think he sent. And that morning, so I haven't updated it since, but that morning he had three valuations booked in for that following week. Before we even started the... Before we started. And day. David Warburton also did it. He did it at lunch. And by the end of lunch, he had two or th- no, three valuations as well by the end of lunch. So send out 30, get three. That's a pretty good hit rate, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I'm sure if we ask them again now, it'll be much higher. So we're going to be sharing the types of emails you can send out on the workshop that I mentioned at the beginning of this. But what gives you some ingredients of what the, what the email should be? I think timing's important. So there needs to be a certain thing that's just happened. So for example, the new year just happened. And after new year, it gives you a time to reevaluate the market and then talk about it. If you randomly did it in the middle of March, with no kind of reason to do it, your response rate will be a lot lower. So timing is really important. And then you need an angle towards it and you need a clear call to action so that they understand the point of the email. And how long is the email roughly? It was about two paragraphs, which is probably longer than any emails they usually send. But it had to be framed as if it was a piece of news. It wasn't a direct sales piece. But it wasn't to everybody. It was just to selected people. I think I sent it to about 15 and we got three or four responses, two that it immediately went to market back of it. Sometimes I just need a trigger, don't I? I just need something. Yeah, I just need a little sign from the that universe. Is, that's it. Yeah. Sometimes they're very close and you never know what they're thinking. You just need to push them over the line. How many times do people say to us, I was just thinking or I was just about to, mm. or it came at exactly the right time, whether that's direct mail or a message or an email, it's actually, if you don't send it out regularly, they don't send something out regularly, you're going to miss that magic moment where they sitting at breakfast and they go, do you know what we need to do today? We need to put a house on the market. And then they're thinking about who they're going to put the house on the market with, even though you were the last person in, just make sure that you are an absolute dead cert that because you were the last one that's messaged them or emailed them or whatever. Yeah. And we went out to evaluation last week, last Friday, where the tab had fallen on the market layers. So they'd come with us on the journey of what the market was like after pandemic, what it was like in the summer. They'd read every single word. They'd been there for 30 years. They hadn't heard of us prior to that. The house is incredible. It's 1.75 million. And because they've read our not on the market layers, they got no other agent out. Bear in mind, they 30 years. I'm sure they have a lot of connections locally. They got no other agent out and got us out who've been there five years just off the back of spending time listening to us and learning about the market. And so it's incredible what you can do. Hi guys, I thought I'd make a quick video in regards to the Not On The Market letters. It's been amazing for us. 
this last not on the market letter. In total, we got about 73 valuations out of it. We got called out specifically because we these people did receive the letters. So that's 16 valuations done and sold purely on back of this not on the market letter. And the total value was in excess of 63.1 million. They've got no other agent out. Bear in mind, they've been there 30 years. I'm sure they have a lot of connections locally. They've got no other agent out and got us out who've been there five years just off the back of spending time listening to us and learning about the market. And so it's incredible what you can do with some cleverly thought out content. Yeah, I think it's actually even carefully thought out content. It's content yeah. that you care about, isn't it? That you're happy to put your name and your picture next to. It's just having that thoughtfulness that where you get into their minds, what are they wanting from us? And it's not one size fits all, just thinking about them carefully and considerately. It's not one-sided. They know by reading these four letters, obviously I get something out of it because eventually the call is out, but they've had something out of each letter. And it's really important that you think about whatever you're sending out, is it both sided? Is there something they gain from reading it? Otherwise, it's just not going to get read. So actually the relationship had started a year before we knew it had started, because yes. even though so we're sending out these letters quarterly. So at the very beginning of their journey a year ago, they had had the first letter. So the relationship started at that point. And that's the clock ticking. So just because they didn't call us out on letter one doesn't mean it didn't work. And I think that's a trap that people fall into thinking it hasn't worked because they haven't responded. They just haven't responded yet. Yeah. And I don't think there's such thing as a passive, in a state agency, really a passive lead gen campaign that will consistently give you leads throughout a year. For example, an online funnel going from Facebook ad to content, I don't think will give you a consistent high level return on valuations, but the not on the market letter has consistently given us amazing results. I mean, just yesterday we had six valuations come in. I think only three of those came from not on the market letters, not just the most recent we sent for Christmas. And that is potentially £50,000 that comes through the door that we wouldn't have had that might have gone elsewhere. And to have that almost to fall back on, to rely on if the market's struggling or you're struggling or you're doing other things like we often are, is probably the best accidental decision we've ever made. Tactic number four, the show-off strategy. Yeah, the show-off strategy is something that we came up with to try and show off our marketing to properties on the market without saying, look at us. And it is important that you have a high level of marketing and probably a bespoke level of marketing to be able to do this. So the idea is that you find a home that's on the market that you would like to sell, that's in a different village to a property that you're selling. And then you are then going to send the marketing of the home you're selling to the property you want to sell that's on the market to say, have you thought about X village? Have you thought about this house? This is what's amazing about the house. Let us know if you're interested. Now, to be clear, I know the chance of them buying the house I'm sending is almost zero. Otherwise, they'd have probably contacted us already. But what I'm doing is I'm saying, A, I'm proactive in trying to sell this house. B, look at the level of our marketing and C, look how good we are without saying... Without saying, look how good we are. Without saying, look how good we are. Yeah. It feels to them as if they're not being sold to, so they're comfortable to read it and comfortable to enjoy the marketing. But then they see that we've been proactive in order to try and sell one of our properties, which is probably what they're experiencing a lack of. So it's very much a soft sell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's something that worked really well. It's a lot harder to do at the moment because homes is out on the market for very long. And that includes ours because we need out, we need a home of ours to be on the market <laughs> to be able to say, have you thought about this? So 
it usually you have to think about price point. So in our market, generally speaking, people don't go from a £1.5 million house to a £2 million house. They go from a £1.5 million house to an £800,000 house. So if there's a £1.5 million house in the market I'm trying to target, I've got to really think about the house I send them. It has to be an obvious step. So one that's always worked well is if there's a house in Windermere, I would try and send them a house in Kirby Lonsdale because it feels like a logical... It's about half an hour away. Yes, it feels like a potential move. You know, have you thought about moving to Kirby Lonsdale? It's got this, this and this. Whereas I couldn't really say, have you thought about moving to Bowness if they're in Windermere because it's about two minutes away. Number five, the perfect PR piece tactic. This is more my baby really than yours, isn't it? Have you done it before? I think I've just only I've done it before. I've asked Isaac to do it. I'm still waiting on it. Um, <laughs> Isaac, our journo. Did you do it? <laughs> in the computer is not in the newspaper. So Isaac's just telling us that he has done it, but it's still on his computer. So the idea behind a PR that's a great piece... help. Thanks, Isaac. So what we want you to do is write it and just save it. And then that's it. That's it done. Yeah. Was it newsworthy when you wrote it? Just checking. There's a new angle to write anyway about, <laughs> about energy prices and... Add that in, please. So you can go a different ways on this PR piece. You can go a, a pure opinion piece. So my opinion at the moment, which I shared this morning in the morning meeting, is that I think that we're heading for, a moment we've got a massive supply imbalance. We don't have, you know, anything like the number of supply of homes for the buyers available. I think within the next 12 months, that's going to neutralize. I think it's going to start being a bit more of a, an even market like it was maybe before the pandemic. And then I think in another year's time, we'll start to see an imbalance of the way where we've got more supply than demand. And for some of you who've been around this industry for a long, long time, like I have, you've seen this many times before in micro markets or longer markets like the 2007 crash. Now, I could write a piece on my opinion and send it to the local paper with a nice salacious headline, you know, property prices to plummet or whatever I think serves my argument. But I've also got to be thinking about the vendors reading that or potential vendors and what they're going to do with that piece of information. So really, it's another pitch. It's another piece of direct mail wrapped up in a different way. It's a tricky balance, though. It's very difficult to get to right. To make sure the paper wants to post it as news. To make sure the paper sees it as news. Yes. You don't go too far either way from a content or mm. salesy. There's a middle ground where you want to give value, but also ask for business. Mm. It's very difficult to say. So an easy way of doing this is not the opinion piece. It's more the sort of facts and figures and this is what we've sold recently. It's similar to the Nomlet, isn't it? It is very similar because actually we did do something very similar to that when we sold, it wasn't Bala, was it? It was something else that we sold after Bala because they used Coniston. Yeah, they used Bala as the example, but it wasn't actually that one. We sold one at three and a half million. We sold one at three million in two different areas of the Lake District. And my piece was something about Lake District prices break all records. And I was able to cite six of our homes where we've completely smashed the record of the ceiling of prices for that particular area. So for example, the three million pound one, the previous ceiling was 860. The three and a half million one, the previous ceiling was I think 1 million. So we could easily show what prices had done and they could link it to all kinds of stories about the pandemic and the prices and, you know, the people want to move to the Lake District. So that was a bit more newsworthy, but we could show proof that in our homes that we'd sold. So we were kind of going aren't we great? Look, we've sold all these because we could put our name behind all those sales. If you can't put your name behind all those sales, what you can do is talk about the sales anyway, because nobody's going to go and see who sold them. I'm not suggesting you pretend it was you. We just don't have to say that it wasn't you. You can just say, for example, in this village, this house sold at this price and that's broken the ceiling for that village. So that feels a little bit more genuine and authentic that you're just talking about 
prices as if you were sort of an unbiased observer of the prices. So you feel like more of an economic commentator. So when you put these stats in and these facts and figures, it comes across as really credible because people are reading facts. And therefore, because your name is connected with the facts, they'll believe what you say in that piece. So as long as you're talking about the facts and interpreting those facts for people, then you're seeing as a credible source of expert information. Yeah, it needs to be written as well like a PRP. So Ashdown says, Ashdown commented. Yeah, but they think Ashdown is a man, so that's a bit of a problem. And again, and I'm just going to just go through these five things, but we are going to be teaching these in a workshop called Get Through More Doors. And that is going to be in Wembley, actually, on the 7th of March, which is Monday, and Birmingham on the 8th of March, which is a Tuesday. And if you go to fire-wave.co.uk forward slash events, you'll be able to see how to book. And we're going to give you a special offer at the end of this as well. Let's quickly go over these five tactics again. So number one, direct mail. On the market, not on the market. We'll be showing you examples of both, results of both, some tips and tactics on how to make sure you get the right content, it gets sent out, and the best way to do that. Number two, two minute to convert video. We'll share the equipment you need, the language you need to use. Bit the, of a script. Yeah, a bit of a script, the call to action you need to use. Might show you an example of ours. Number three, the magic response email. We'll be able to share with you. In fact, we'll probably have to share the actual email because it's not. As long as none of our well, you members' competitors are in the room. Yeah, but you can't send it now anyway because it was a new year specific oh, so email. I've got to bank it until January 2023. Yeah, might have to think about that. Depends. Uh, and how much we like you. Number four, show off strategy. We'll be able to share with you how, how we do that, the language you use, and again, some results. And number five, a perfect PR piece. We'll be able to show you what it actually looks like when it lands in the paper. Mm, we can. We've got some um, actual photographs of it. Yeah. So you need to be... And you'll have lunch on us. Yeah. Well, these workshops are ace. We loved doing them before the pandemic. We used to go all over and really tiring. enjoyed doing them. <laughs> it's very tiring, but really, really enjoyable because we, we met you all and... We've got some fantastic clients from them. Lucy, Lucy Jerwin, she came in off a workshop and she'd been following us for years. And this might be you listening to this podcast thinking, oh, I've been following Phil for years. In fact, if you've been around for a long time, you might have been following me for even longer. But if you've never met us in person, you don't really know whether you want to take the next step or not. And I know some people... We're a lot cooler in person. We definitely are. I am anyway. Tells worse jokes in person. But some people like me want to f- meet that person before they decide to commit because it's a big financial commitment, Firewave, and we know that. So meeting us in person is, I think, the next logical step. And we're going to give you an offer you really, really can't refuse because these tickets are supposed to be £100 each. And we're selling them until on early bird until the end of this month, which is February 2022, at only £47 plus VAT. It's worth that for the lunch. It is. In fact, it- it, that's what it costs us to get somebody there. Yeah, it will. And if you listen to this past March 7th or 8th, if you still go to fire-wave.co.uk slash events, I'm sure there'll be lots of other events that we've got in the diary, or you can message us and, and find out when we'll be near you very soon. So you'd be very sad if you listen to this after the 7th or 8th of March, and we're very sorry for that, but there should be an event coming up, hopefully. Yeah. So we'll make sure that all these information is in the show notes. So if you are running on a treadmill or you are, I don't know, swimming Oh, you're swimming. Can, can you swim with headphones on? Yeah, I think that's It's probably more likely that they're driving. Be quite impressed if you're swimming. I would be too. Anyway, whatever you're doing, if you can't write this down, then you need to remember those dates, 7th and 8th of March, or you need to remember the URL. Well, it's quite easy to remember, firehavenwave.co.uk slash events. It's the hyphen of death you need to remember. Yeah, it is. That's true. So just get to Firewave and then look for events and you'll find it there. Or you need to just remember to message us. 
and we'll just make sure we send you the link and you can get booked on. And we are really looking forward to seeing some amazing agents and maybe some not so amazing yet agents. We'll see you there. And I'll tell you what, actually, I will bring my book along for every single person. Will, will you sign it? Oh, well, I'll sign it with probably half the value. So I'll bring some books along as well. We can't get rid of them anyway, so I might as well bring them along. You can read one of my books. See you on the next episode. We've created a super special free Firewave gift packed full of marketing goodies just for our podcast listeners. You can get yours by going to www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift and following the simple instructions. That's www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift.